Happy holidays and welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of December 29, 2014. This is episode 248 and I am Chris Bevelo, EVP and practice lead at Revive Health. With me today in studio are... Jackie Olson, account supervisor with Revive Health. And Adam Meyer, VP at <laughs> Revive Health. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. And happy holidays. Merry we're, Christmas. We're going to apologize in advance for Jackie, who's <laughs> suffering from an acute bout of pneumonia, but has decided to come in and do the <laughs> podcast got, anyway. She's got the black lung. She's <laughs> just the dead I'm lung. I'm suffering from the, I the I black lung. I might have a partially pop. dead lung. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that but should I go on a podcasting. list. That should go on a list somewhere of of awesome things you hear at the clinic. Well, you might part of your lung might be dead, but we're not sure. So, <laughs> but we're just going to diagnose you with pleurisy. Pleurisy. <laughs> I love that word, pleurisy. That's pleurisy? what I have. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Wicked. Sounds like yeah. that's what I have on top of my pneumonia. Ooh. But it's okay. It's all. It just takes time. So we got that. We got Adam who posted. People haven't seen this publicly, but you posted one of the best signs I've ever <laughs> seen. You should try to pull it up so you can read it for baby. Oh, uh, it's uh, I could probably yeah. So that. this was this signs. was must have been you were at a clinic somewhere. Oh, and it was like you know, and it's usually like you get in there and there's a line and there's a sign. Usually there's a sign that will say something like you know, wait for the next patient or whatever. Um, but this was must have been. Oh, that was it? good. Yeah. So go ahead and go ahead and read this sign. It's the it. best ever. You should read. Uh, you should read the brand name too. I mean, if they're going to okay, put that crap is. out there in public, <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't take this. It was I, somebody else. Oh. Sh- somebody else has shared it on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." I got to oh, share that. Let's hope it's legitimate then, because it could be fake. Uh, it's, well, it's possible, but it, I think it came it came from somebody I think who took it okay. and shared it. Um, so the, the company's name is Prime Care, and then it's Medical and Wellness Clinic is what it, their subline. Um, then a kind of a not great logo. Uh, <laughs> so here's what the sign is just like a paper. It's like a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper stuck into a, like a, one of those sign plastic holder. sign holders right. that's sitting at a, at a desk or on a stand by a desk. So it says, you are not a number to us. Our goal is to ensure that you have the best experience possible. Please take a number to help us serve you better. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome. <laughs> so I hope wonder, that's real. You wonder if that was intentional. Well, yeah, I mean, I like we've got to soften up. We can't just right. say, take a number. So if we say you're not, you're a, not number a number, us, we'll put we'll what? put it by the thing where people take a number and they'll feel better. And- if that is intentional, you need to do a better job. You need to say something like realize that asking <laughs> to take a number makes it seem like we think of you as a number. But we don't. Right. Make a joke about it or just be up front. That makes it seem like you're completely oblivious to the irony <laughs> of your own statement. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So, so that, that goes up there with my favorite sign ever. And this was a sign I saw, and it was in the pediatrician's office um, for my kids. And they had a walk-in, um, I believe it was an asthma clinic. So like a walk-in asthma clinic. Um, no, allergy clinic, that's it. Because that's pretty common, right, in a pedi- pediatric mm-hmm. office. So walk-in um, allergy clinic, and there was a sign that said something to the effect of, parents, please remember, appointments are required for the walk-in allergy clinic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... What? Seriously, you can't call it a walk-in clinic no. if appointments are required. Oh, that's pretty funny. Did you call them on it? I took a picture of it, and I can't find the picture anywhere. I mean, this is like ten, twelve years ago. Right. When my kids were small and little, and we actually went to the. Make sure you make an appointment for the walk-in clinic. All right. So let's see. We got some updates, and then we're going to talk about one story, and then maybe have some fun. Since this is the last podcast of the year. 
Uh, don't forget to check out all the information about our acquisition by Revive Health. You can find it at thinkrevivehealth.com. That's still pretty new mm-hmm. if you're just tuning in and you've missed a couple podcasts. Maybe news to you, but I'm, I'm assuming most of the people hearing this know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to go to JoePublic2.com to check out the new book. That's also relatively new. Joe Public 2, Embracing the New Paradigm. It's primarily about digital marketing and content marketing. And it's getting great feedback, so check it out. And also check out our accompanying tool, the accompaniment. Accoutrement? Accompaniment? Accoutrement. 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 <laughs> our, digital, uh-huh. our online digital marketing audit, which can be found um, through our website, which is still live, by the way. Thinkinterval.com is still live. We're working on integrating it, uh, and it will disappear at some point, but it's still live. Or you can just go to intervalaudit.com. And, of course, that will change once we finally become <clears throat> subsumed by Revive Health, which we're looking forward to. It just, it's just a lot of work, as people know. So mm-hmm. so check all that out. Uh, I will be speaking in 2015. I'm already on the docket at a few places. But those are far enough away. We won't talk about those right now. Any other updates? Jackie's still pregnant. I'm still <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> which is a good thing at this point in time. Yeah, we still want me to be pregnant, I think, for a few more weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pneumonia's, yeah, you got to watch that. Yeah. Other than that fun stuff. And and pleurisis, what is it? Pleurisy. 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 It's pleurisy. Pleurisy. Pick up the flowers from the garden. (laughs) I just love that word. sounds like a Greek Uh, girl's name. See, I go to to heresy. That's what I already because I, I every time I hear the word I see um, Max my my older son likes to watch man have you seen Man of Steel the Superman no. remake no um, um, it's it's pretty good actually if you haven't seen it I would recommend seeing it um, but there's a scene in there where the bad the main bad guy says heresy and every time you say it, and he says it in this really you know angry way <laughs> every time you say that I get this general zod in my head saying heresy can't get it out it's a fun word they're both fun words please please your eyes are beautiful in such a weak word that's totally what it sounds like I think you should name your child Pleurisy I'm going to start a new trend Pleurisy Olsen okay so we got one we got one story and then we'll we'll have some fun so this is a story did you find this story Jackie no Adam did Adam did okay so this is from the blog, Glenn Fleischman writes words about things. What the hell is, <laughs> is that? Is that seriously the name? Yes, and the acronym is GLOG. <laughs> if you're familiar with that's Glenn. That's awesome. If you know anything about Glenn Fleischman, you'd know that's pretty good. Pretty, It fits him quite well. He's just kind of a... Uh, he's on the tech scene. He's on the podcasting scene. He's been like he's like a Jeopardy champion. He's wrote oh. book, written books. Could you repeat the part where you said this stuff about? <laughs> I, I think he's written some books. Glog. He's um, but yeah, he contributes to the Economist, Boing Boing, MacWorld. So he's kind of in the circles boing I boing. follow. Isn't that like an airport <laughs> Wi-Fi? Boing Boing. That's Boingo. Boing. Now I think Boing Boing is the. Um, a product of Cory Doctorow, if you're familiar with him. Yeah, his novels make me crazy, and I will never read another one again. <laughs> Which one did you read? Little Brother or Big Brother? No, this What's is one of his first first big ones. Um, it'll, the title will come to me, but the reason I hated it was because it was all about, like, some really important child was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Really important, right? Like, like royalty child. Sure. This is what Victorian England or something, his books... 
pretty sure this book was about like this okay. detective, like a Sherlock Holmes kind of guy. Sure. So they had to find him and they had to find him. It was all urgent, <clears throat> right? Because he was going to die. And it was all like short time frame and over a weekend or whatever. And it was all this urgency. And then they like, they just kept, you know, as, the, as a crime novel, they kept running to dead ends and stuff. And they realized they had to like go to Europe and travel around Europe to find all this stuff. I'm like, wait a second. You've been saying this up. Like if we don't find this kid in the next 24 hours, he's going to die. Now you're going to take like a trip around Europe in the late 1800s, which will take you months, and I just stopped breathing. And I've never gone back. He's just if we're to talking decide. about the same Doctor O, because that's a pretty probably cool. is. I mean, he's an author. He wrote. Yeah. He, but a lot of the stuff, at least the stuff that I've written of his, uh, read of his, is more about like um, government conspiracy and and uh, oh. you know scenarios that could play out in real. Like the the one book that stands out to me is Little Brother, um, which is all about that. It's about this kid who kind of. The government starts kind of cracking down on society, and this kid kind of rebels and starts a rebellion. And um, it's it's interesting. There are definitely holes. I mean, it's easy to poke holes in it too, for sure. There are p- parts where I was like, um, "That's not quite." So we're talking about somebody who's com- utterly different. I am completely wrong. A different you tell? Yeah, you there's Google no it? way. I, I don't know if there's another Doctoro <laughs> who's an author, but it's not an this author-o? Guy. Okay. An author. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it sounded Doctor O. It sounded plausible since I mean that that's, that didn't sound too far off from like conspiracy type stuff. But um, yeah, E. L. Doctor O. Oh, okay, yeah, that's who it is. So let's not pin it on your guy, who's not even related to this. Um, while well, he wrote Ragtime though, and he's written some really good stuff. I think it was. I think it might have been the Waterworks that I read. Anyway, we're getting way off track yeah. here. Sorry. Well, anyway. <laughs> But Fleischman contributes to that to a n- number of those websites like that. So, and interesting guy to get to listen to. Very smart, a very smart dude. So this was an article from him. I, 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 he's he's the kind of guy who I will follow off and on on Twitter. Um, I'll stop following him because he, he won't shut up about some things, and it's like the, my Twitter feed is not. I don't want this to be my Glenn Fleischman feed, so I'll stop following him. And then somebody else will maybe retweet something later, and it's like, oh yeah, I used to follow Glenn. I should follow him again. Then I'll follow him, and it's like, oh, okay, this is okay mm-hmm. until he starts like just spewing crap out like nonstop again and it's like all right now my twitter feed is my glenn fleischman feed (laughs) okay so with all that said (laughs) this actual story by glenn fleischman is really talking about some research that's come out um the title of the story is the article or the post or whatever the heck you want to call it the piece of content is podcasting hits twitter numbers 39 million americans so in it we were trying to parse the the data um, it's not trying to say that more people listen to podcasts and use Twitter. The primary statistics he's using are Pew Research Internet's project pegs regular Twitter use at 19% of online adult Americans, which in their research are people 18 and older. So first of all, realize that if they, well, we'll get to that in a second. All right, so 19% of Americans who are online And Pew says in other places that 87% of people are online. So if people are online, 19% of adults use Twitter regularly. The Edison research uh, has come out and said that of Americans aged 12 and older, 15% had listened to one or more podcasts in the previous month when the survey was conducted. So there are a few discrepancies here to compare the two. The first is... Pew only looks at people using Twitter who are on the internet, and I don't believe Edison makes that that distinction because you don't really have to be on the internet to to listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. The second part is Pew is only counting Twitter users who are eighteen and older, and if they 
went to the same level of Edison, which is 12 and older, that number would surely increase because Twitter is pretty popular oh, yeah. among the younger set. Uh, so, at least according to what I know, which is based on my kids' exposure to their friends at high school. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's really <laughs> enough. Anyway, his point isn't that, and also, obviously, you can't compare. They're not apples to apples. What do we mean by a regular user of Twitter? Like, I don't know if they'd count me as a regular user of Twitter. Probably. I look at it like a number of times a week, but probably, yes. Yeah. They would definitely count me as a regular podcast user because I listen to podcasts every week, multiple mm-hmm. podcasts. But you can't compare even like listening to a podcast is, you know, is a 30-minute commitment or an hour commitment. You can be on Twitter for two minutes a day and you're a regular user. That's true. The point of it all is that podcasting has become what you might consider a mass media because of the size of the, the, the quantity of people who are listening to it. And it's, it's, it's all of a sudden, it's really interesting to me. We, we talked about podcasts this year quite a bit. Um, a little navel gazing on our part, but it was really interesting. You know, we had a guest speaker who was trying to do her own podcast at a hospital. Oh yeah. Um, and we talked about the lawsuits by the guy who invented the podcast, which basically got, they settled, Adam Carolla settled, but the guy's lawsuit is pretty much yeah. done. Okay. And I don't think we ever heard the, uh, yeah, the, I the what... official fallout from that. Cause I think they're, I'm guessing both sides are, legally obligated to not talk about it to some extent. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but so, but recently, like in the last month, all of a sudden podcasting has just <clears throat> burst on the scene. Like it's new or like, right. and, and the reason hmm. is Serial. Have you guys listened to Serial? I haven't yet, but I've, it's on the list of things to check out before the year is out. Serial with an S or a C? S-E-R-I-A-L. Like, like, a, like a, a serial, serial like a soap killer opera is a serial, which right. means okay. it's, no, well, but it's not... But it's spelled like that. It's spelled like that, but it's referring to right. an episodic story. Well, that's okay. right. But right. that's also what a, a serial killer, it's an episodic, yeah. somebody who continues to okay. do it, right? Just no. not well like <laughs> Lucky Charm serial. Not like no. Lucky Charm okay. serial, no. Um, and it's what's interesting is it's people are talking about serial both in terms of, <clears throat> wow, podcasts are amazing. And they also, there's been some some a lot of talk about the best podcasts like Mark Marone who I've never listened to, who's a comedian, kind of a dark comedian. Mm-hmm. Somebody rated his podcast with Louis C.K. as the best co- podcast of all time. So it's kind of like podcasts are in the spotlight all of a sudden. And right. Serial, if you're not familiar with it, is put out by NPR. It's produced by This American Life, which is a very popular podcast in its own right, yep. uh, radio show that is also podcastable. And it's a it basically is a producer from Serial, who re- or from NPR, who received a letter from somebody about this case that's from 1999. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. And this guy, this senior in high school, was convicted of murdering his ex-girlfriend. And the letter kind of says, you need to look at this. This guy didn't do it. And so not only are people talking about the power of this podcast because it's really captivating and, and it really drew a big audience fast, mm-hmm. but also they're talking about in terms of how it's kind of rewriting the rules for journalism. Mm-hmm. And that part I don't quite get. I mean, I don't quite get the earth-shattering nature of how they're doing this. Essentially, what she's doing is each week she's talking about how they're digging deeper into this case and learning more. And um, it's I won't give away the ending, 
but it's not like it's a drama. It's not like they've. Okay. It's not like a TV show like True Detective. So mm-hmm. compared to True Detective, same kind of thing. Where the detectives are trying to figure out what's wrong, and then there's an ending, like right. a culmination. Right. Yeah. That's not what this is about. It's basically trying to dig in and find the truth. But as they dig, it you know they learn more. More questions pop up. So it's just really interesting. And you you hear from the guy who was convicted. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a major player in the podcast. He calls into the to this producer from jail. Oh, wow. So you hear his voice over the phone. So it's really compelling. It's really, it's really interesting to listen to. And now they're going to do another like whole season of it or whatever. I don't know how many episodes it was. I should know. It's on my, it's on my podcast. I think it was 12 episodes, maybe something like that. 12 episodes. Just talking about that one case. Yeah. 12 episodes. Yep. About that one case. Interesting. So anyway, so I think that's partly why you're hearing more about it. Serial really brought it to the forefront. Uh, obviously, we think podcasts are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. Right, <laughs> they are. <laughs> right, but the, and that's really a different. I mean, I mean, there are no rules for podcasting, obviously, which is the beauty, beautiful thing about it. Mm-hmm. There's not like a you know a, a bill that you have to fit. So that's nice right. that um, you know, though it will be interesting to see if people who are turned on to podcasts through something like Serial actually latch on to podcasts after right. that's done. Right. Or are they going to be looking for <coughs> something else out there that's like Serial um, and there's not anything else out there? I mean, and maybe mm-hmm. there is. Maybe Serial is going to spawn a new, this wave of, you know, knockoffs and want to, you know, similar right. types of so. podcasts. Right. Um, probably already has, I would imagine. I don't know. It'd be interesting to check it out. You know, I, I, I have never listened to a podcast of that nature. So, I mean, I'm mostly about um, entertainment and informational um, right. stuff that are like trade related or interest related. Um, so for me, it'd be kind of a new experience to check that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm interested, to, kind of interested like a, to give it a listen, almost like some, an audio book or something. Right. Yeah, like a, t- a TV show without the television, I was going to say, but yeah. like a, yeah. It's like audio, a documentary a is what it's like. It's yeah. like a documentary if you see a documentary movie where they try mm-hmm. to investigate something. But you, but But what's interesting about it, and this is where people talk about from a journalism sense, is that she's really... She's not like a classic journalist. She's not like a reporter yeah. where it's just the facts or whatever. She gets drawn into the case. She's open about how she's drawn into the case, how she, you know, one week she thinks the guy's innocent. The next week she's not so sure. And she goes back and forth mm-hmm. and they stumble on things and they kind of go down dead ends. And, and it's all raw, even though it's it's obviously packaged each podcast. It's not like it's just like ours, like live. Right. Um, but they're but they're not trying to hide anything. They're not trying to hide mistakes they make. Right. They're not trying to hide like, well, we thought this was something interesting and it turns out to be a bust. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't hide all that and just show you the good stuff. They basically right. give you it all. Still not heavily edited. It's, it like is that. heavily edited from a production standpoint, right. but not from a content standpoint. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. There's NPR and NPR is probably I mean, if you want to look at uh, the poster child for doing for podcast editing or audio editing and for this, right. for, for not even just a podcast, but for broadcast, um, they do probably some of the most amazing work out there. Yeah. Just it's awesome quality, awesome production. Mm-hmm. Um, Radio Lab is a really interesting program to listen to if you've never checked that one out. Some really cool, um, just the, the way that like pieces of audio are spliced together and other bits that get interjected in there. It's just a really uh, captivating um, way of listening to this type yeah. of content. Yeah, when, whenever Tanya and I travel to her family, which is like four hours away in northern Wisconsin, we always listen to This American Life, which yeah, is just a great one. So good. It's such. It's all you know, nonfiction documentary stuff. It's mm-hmm. just yep. 
you just learn about things. You learn about how um, foie gras is made and, you know, how there's like this farm in somewhere in Europe where this guy makes the best foie gras ever. And, and you know, foie gras is a little controversial, so they cover right. all that. Right. It's just like 20 or 30 minutes of really interesting and, stuff. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a radio show, right? Yeah. It's a radio show. Yeah. And also in po- podcast too? But they podcast. Too? I think okay. they, NPR probably podcasts everything they do. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, well, so then you that can makes sense. you can follow up on it, almost everything. And like Chris Boyer turned me on to one. Um, and so this is the kind of stuff I love. He listens to one called the Bowery Boys. It's these two guys who do a podcast about New York City history, which hmm. is fascinating to me. You know, when you go back and like the one I listened to, we were coming back from a speaking engagement, and we had like an hour drive together. So we listened to that. It was all about how the five boroughs actually came to be. You know how there's there's five parts of New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that actually come to be? How do they each get kind of? How do they how do they individually come to be? How, how did Brooklyn become Brooklyn? How did Queens become Queens? Mm-hmm. And then how do they all get brought together? Which when you hear about it, sounds like a miracle in retrospect, right? Right. Because you got all these diverse interests, and some people figure out a way to say we're stronger as one. And part of it was like they wanted to be the largest city in the world. They, like it was complete ego, and so if they all pooled right. together, um, you know, there's there's um, there are some parts of like Yonkers. If you're familiar with New York City, Yonkers is a city. Mm-hmm. Yonkers was supposed to be in there, and they voted out. They were like one of the only ones that said no oh, to this thing. Otherwise, they would have been like maybe the sixth borough, right, or part of Queens, wherever they're by. Mm-hmm. But instead, they said no, so they're independent. And there's another <clears> little <throat> city that people in that area are familiar with that isn't part of a borough because they just said no they didn't want to oh wow join. so it's just that kind of stuff is yeah so fun to listen to if you're in, if you're into that i mean that right. may be boring to some people but sounds interesting okay so podcasts <laughs> use them yeah. listen to them we yeah. covered off on uh, those i should have made a list we, we had an episode earlier in the year where we talked about we had some recommendations for one I mean, we just made a number of recommendations right. there for ones to listen right. to i wish i had some already mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's been a good year for for new podcasts. I've I've added a number of them to my um, subscription feed. Yeah, so some good stuff. A lot of them I don't get around to listen to, unfortunately. There's I have so many in there, but I definitely have favorites that, that pop up that I will yep. make time to listen to every week, or at mm-hmm. least have playing in the background and absorb as much as I can. Well, the other genre I like of podcasts is the TV recaps. Yeah, so like Game of Thrones, there's a podcast oh, I listen sure. to every yep. single week. Yeah, I started that listening to that one. Looking forward and to that one coming back. There's, you know, the one guy. I'm sure he does a lot of podcasting. Who's the guy who does the Talking Dead? He's a comedian, Chris Hartwig. He also is a very okay. what's his podcast? Very popular. The Nerdist, isn't that him? That hard Chris Hardwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I say, Hardwig. Is it maybe it's Chris Hardwig? Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. The Nerdist, which started out just as a podcast and turned into a network of podcasts, now as a whole bunch of them that are kind of under the nervous yeah. umbrella there's a few other ones like the other networks that spawned over the last year or two as well so it's fun to it's fun to watch them flourish 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 yeah <laughs> all right so let's wrap things up with uh holiday talk coffee talk oh by the coffee way coffee talk I'll i have give you to a share topic. this i have to share this and we'll see if like child's if there's anybody who works for child services if they come after us are you guys familiar with the Classic. Do you watch Saturday Night Live Christmas special? Uh, I try to. Oh, my gosh. It's it hasn't so, been on yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, bummer. It's like two or three so weeks no. ago. Okay. I think it might actually have been over Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't know I if I saw wrong. it. But they have like some of my favorite ones are last year. 
they actually did it. Um, it might have been two years ago, but last year, Michael Bublé's sings duets. <laughs> they played that this weekend again. They've yeah. got a new one that they did, I think, just for the Christmas special. That is, I don't know what it is, but it's it's the same thing, which are awesome. But the classic one with Alec Baldwin, the NPR show. Oh, the Sweaty Balls. What's his name? Um, Ted Sweaty. Pete, Pete Sweaty. Or Pete Sweaty. Like yeah. Pete Sweaty, who has a, his own bakery, <coughs> and he brings his his famous Christmas holiday balls. <laughs> And so the whole conversation is about sweaty balls. And it's, unfortunately, I didn't realize how graphic it got, but I thought my daughters were old enough to, like, listen to it. And my daughters are 12 and 13, so I'll put that out there. So they're preteen. And I thought, you know, this they're of age. My son would think it's hilarious. What? He's 16. What year was that? That was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah I feel like um, and I thought, too. you know what? They're probably old. Because every, every Christmas special, we have to skip through that, right? Right. And so this time I'm like, you know what? You guys are probably old enough. And Tarn and I were laughing, and I think they were either didn't get it or, too or were aghast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bleep. I think, I think that's a parental error there. I think they're probably too young for that. That was... I, I remember having... Parental that, fail. I remember having that feeling yes. as a child when my dad was too tired to get up and change the channel, and there was something on HBO. It was like a... Robin Williams comedy special on oh, HBO playing, yeah, he got and I was in the room watching oh, funny. too. So I'm like sitting He's there, pretty vulgar, deciding. Yeah. You know, I'm probably in my early mid, you know, maybe mid teens, like 15 or something. So yeah, I'm old enough to get what's going on, all the stuff, and I'm like trying not to cry because I'm laughing so hard, but also trying not to like embarrass myself in front of my dad, showing him that I right. understand all this stuff. Right. He's You're probably also trying to? not to cry because he's over there like. Well, and you know, my girls are at an age where they hear the f bomb in movies, and we've mm-hmm. decided like. Okay, they're old enough. The movies that we're showing them are not like Pulp Fiction, but right. there's an right. F-bomb in Big, for crying out loud, yeah, yeah. which is PG. Right. Right. Never. If you're a parent, watch PG movies from the 80s and 90s before you show your kids. <laughs> Goonies <laughs> has like swear oh, yeah, bombs hell in yeah. it all over the place. Right? I was watching Funny, that one with Max right. the other night, and I'm like, God, I forgot all these words. Right, were right. <laughs> so if you're, you're 12, to me, and every parent's different, but a 12 or 13-year-old, my daughters are mature enough to watch Big with an F-bomb in it. Yeah. And I right. don't have to bleep it anymore. Right. And we mm-hmm. ta- have a talk about... Okay, that's not cool. You don't use those words, whatever. Right. So that was kind of the thinking I applied. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> it's, it gets really graphic. Yeah. And it's there's sexual innuendo oh, in yeah, it. Yeah. Because Wrapping the two women are just. Yeah. yeah, don't even say it. Don't even go there. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine we'll, our audience we'll has heard it and knows. Yeah, we could put a link to it. Yeah. I'm sure it's online. Oh, you've got to watch. If you haven't but seen it's it, it's so hilarious. funny. Yeah. That's probably one of. <laughs> if I had to pick like a top five. SNL skits of all time, that would be in the top five for sure. Yeah. I'm and not sure what the other four would be offhand, but that would be in the top five. This is your holiday topic you wanted to, just that you love. No, I just, that just popped in my mind. You love sweaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> they took there, that I love somewhere the else. shape of your sweaty balls. <laughs> Look how they glisten in there. I those. remember <laughs> that. No, that's, I tried to give them the, the least offensive one. <laughs> they did something else. They did another one trying to riff on that. And it wasn't nearly as funny. No. It was something else, some other, yeah. not sweaty something, but like, I don't know what it was. Yeah. And you get the classic Steve Martin, you know, where he's by the, he's like by a Christmas tree with a fire. And he's like, if I had just one wish, it would be peace on earth for all the children in the land. If I had two wishes, it would be to have a million dollars every week for the rest of my life. And peace on earth for all the children in the land. If I had three wishes it would be have all encompassing power over every <laughs> entity in the world no wait a second wait a second that would be the first one the first one would be all encompassing power 
Then the stuff about the kids. Then the million dollars. <laughs> and then he goes down, and pretty soon, you know, at the end, like the kids are like, they have the crap about the kids. We'll put that number seven. <laughs> this is pretty funny. All right. I like that's all I got. We got to wrap up. Sorry. That wasn't really what I had in mind for our Christmas. Yeah. Merry guys- Christmas, everyone. vulgar Every time topic. I hear Silent Night, every time it reminds me of the Saturday Night Live Michael Buble thing <laughs> with the dude from Radiohead. Silent Night. Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> I don't even like Radiohead. And that makes me laugh. Oh, I'm gonna Buble watch is this sitting over there Kesha. Stung, he's like, yeah, that's very funny. All right. Well, for the arrogant healthcare marketing uh, bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Olson, and Adam Meyer. We'll talk to you next year.